The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is. You're watching live with us on YouTube Thursday, January 20th. You're listening to the podcast. It might very well be Friday, January 21st. This is the divisional round best bets and really just picks show. Joining me, and by the way, if you're you're watching on YouTube, smash that like button live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Hit that comment. Tell us your best bet for the weekend in the comments. Make sure to subscribe. If you uh, subscribe and press the bell, the, the little bell button, you'll get alerts when we go live. If you're listening and happen to be listening on Spotify, they've added a rating system. Leave us a five-star rating. Joining me to break down the weekend's worth of games. Actually, before I do that, I'll do a little read real quick. This weekend on CBS, the NFL Divisional Round presented by Intuit TurboTax Live begins Saturday at 4.30 Eastern with Joe Burrow and the Red Hot Bengals heading to Tennessee for a meeting with the top-seeded Titans. Then on Sunday at 6.30 Eastern, it's a highly anticipated rematch for the ages when Josh Allen and the unstoppable Bills offense take on the equally unstoppable Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. We'll get you set for both games on the NFL today. The NFL Divisional Round presented by Intuit TurboTax Live this weekend on CBS. We'll break down both of those games and the two other ones, of course. Joining me to do so, Pete Prisco and RJ White. What's up, fellas? How's it going? What's up, boys? Bad week for me. Uh, yeah, not a great week. It's six bets. And you went well, two and four. Games. RJ Pick went one games. and three. Our parlay lost. I went three and one. Good week for your boy. I should have gone. I should have gone. It's too bad you can't get back into the race. Oh, wait. Well, as you are well aware, we're restarting I the wasn't well aware. standings. I wasn't well aware. Um, RJ, as uh, well, you're, this is, I guess Debo is the only neutral third party here. Um, we did, but we did talk about this. We talked about resetting the resetting the standings. Yeah, because we talked about you know, are we going to do the same just regular pick segment? Are we going to do something different? Well, we talked that, about that, but we never talked about resetting the standings. Yeah, once well, we decided. I mean, you to go with this with the picks there was no reason to reset the standings well that was part of the conversation was we were we were going to reset the standings anyway and then when we just said so we're going to do these picks no so basically brinson reset this reset the playoffs so he'd have a chance to win something look pete i would i would love for brinson to be buried at the bottom of the standings all year long so i don't have any bias here like he said we no, I said you don't have any bias. Are oh, you saying like right. I said? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. Resetting is something we've done in the past um, with playoff contests. and Yeah, because we never know. picked the games. We always had different – create. remember we took amount of money and right. broke it up. So it was different. I don't know. Yeah. Look, the bottom line is it's, it's somewhere, some way. This is Brinson's little calculation. <laughs> that to look better when he had a crap year. Just beat him. He had one good week. Yeah. I'm I'm not just saying, but okay, I have the most wins of all of us. RJ has the best record by a bit, and Brinson's about 10 games behind, and now RJ will win the regular season. Brinson might win the playoffs, and I don't win squad douche. 
Well, I mean, the 49ers didn't win squatters through the regular season either, and they still got a shot to win the Super Bowl. I think we should have played. I I would rather have played it out. That's what me and Brady agreed to do on our picks. Well, good. Then you get both. You get uh, you get you get to do both. Yeah. No, you, this is all Brinson calculation. I know how it is. I can tell by his face. He had no chance. He was dead and buried. Uh, nobody, I had nothing to do with this. N- nobody cares about who wins the playoff contest anyway. We're talking about 100 picks in the regular season. That's that's the uh, that's what we're going to carry over and talk about next year anyway. So it's not like it matters a great deal. Says RJ a, who won. Deal. Yeah, and <laughs> you won the year before, right? Yeah. Well, and, uh, and you were wonders. the king. We'll, we'll, we didn't really we'll, care about the play who won the playoff competition last year. We cared about you winning the regular season. Well, we should have had who won the whole thing. That's what we should do every year. Well, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't make this, the same type of picks. You know, in last week, I'm throwing in these three props. I probably would have stuck to spreads and 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 just went with the Bengals pick because I, you know, they moved against me and I didn't want to put them in. But I was kind of forced some things going Mac Jones under passing total and those type of things to switch it up since we're we're such a limited, you know, a slate of games that we're picking here. Wanted to give people some something different than just going like, okay, uh, I'm going to sit on my lead lead and make one pick. You know, I'm going to pick my uh, Tampa yeah. Bay pick, which lost. You know, so well, it, I mean, maybe even the thing we should have done is do like. You, I don't know. We've done something where it's like you have to, you know, everybody has to pick two props and two against. You know, I don't know. I mean, it's too late because we've already gone through wildcard weekend. But um, yeah, we. I guess we could have been a little more creative. Or just pick the games. If you like one game, you pick one game. If you like four games, you pick four games. I like four games, and I got three of them right. Oh, and the only one I lost is the stupid Eagles pick. I tailed y'all on. I didn't like the Eagles. What was I thinking? Mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah, well, you also were the guys who were in the Raiders game that were throwing shots and should have scored at the end of the game, and you would have lost that one too. So, I mean, you can do that all the all the way around the block. No, I'm just saying. No, I'm, I'm not saying that like the Eagles should have. I'm saying that I didn't like the Eagles. I mean, uh, I like the Buccaneers. And then uh, the other two that I missed on over the weekend uh, uh, on the site were uh, the, uh, this is so Steelers and. Patriots. I mean, it just fell into some narrative crap with Belichick and Big Ben. When I, the all, I mean, it's very plain to see that the Bills and the Chiefs were the better teams, and, and knew that going yeah, in. The, so, the Steelers so. pick was a terrible pick. I had them too, and the awful Eagles pick was awful. Just pick. I had them too. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's get a. Uh, let's dive into these games because they are. You know, the wild card round was not. Every time I did radio over the past week, the first question was like, there wasn't a great weekend in terms of games. I mean, I thought it was fine. There's some blowouts, but I mean, you know, it wasn't like a, it wasn't a wild card weekend, I guess you could say. But it does what it does when you have sort of a down wild card weekend where the, the better teams just dominate. It does set up really good matchups in the divisional round. And that's what we've got this week. Starts with Bengals at Titans. Titans minus three and a half over under 47 up to 47 and a half. The over has been ticking up here. Um, we, this, this line opened at being uh, Titans minus two and a half and quickly crossed a key number, which is a little terrifying. If you are a Bengals fan, Pete. Yeah, it is. And uh, by the way, I saw somewhere where this is the, the tightest spread for the four games since what? 1990 something. 1990-something? Really? Wow. I hadn't seen that. I don't don't know. Yeah. See, because they're they're real tight. Usually there's a 10 or 11-pointer and a set, you know, nothing. Yeah, usually usually there's one. Well, usually what happens is wild card weekend's crazy. Somebody sneaks in. Like if the Steelers had beaten the Chiefs, and I guess the Steelers would be at the Titans, but that that line would still be like, you know, eight or nine probably. 
Yeah, so it, it's, it sets up a good weekend. This game, uh, this is a tough game for me. And, and but the more I, I, mean, I think it, this the is the hardest game to pick on the on the on the whole slate. Well, I thought so, but the more I looked at it, the more I thought, no, it's not. And here's why. Yeah. You know how I'm a big Bengals back. I mean, I oh, I, yeah. figured, I think Joe Burrow. I picked them to win one in the next. You know, when he was drafted, one in ten. They said two, but I'll say one. And I still think that's going to happen. They're a little ahead of schedule. But I'm worried about their offensive line against that pass rush. They did a decent job last week, solid job. Uh, but, you know, Isaiah Prince is bad at right tackle. He had issues with Crosby. He's going to have issues with that with their pass rush here. I think the interior pass rush could be a problem as well. And on the other side, no Okunjobi in the middle of that line is a problem. And, he, you know, he's one of the better run defenders. They're going to run on that. And, yeah. and I think that's going to be an issue. So uh, I'm going to lean to the Titans here as a best bet, minus three and a half. And I just think this is the first time where we don't know what Henry's going to be, but he's going to be back. But this is the first time this group has been together in a long time. And so I'm going to take I'm going to take the Titans uh, to ruin the Bengals season and, and, and win by the three and a half. I'll take Tennessee. And the rush offense hasn't fallen apart without Henry. They've actually been pretty effective. And so getting him back in any sense is, is, is huge. You know, it takes them from being a pretty good rush offense to potentially an elite one again. Um, talk about the Ogunjobi injury. The Cincinnati pressure rate drops from 35% when he's on the field to 26% when he's off. That is wow. a massive drop. That, that takes him from laying, um, I th- believe our research packet said, the um, second, but if, if you com- compare it to like a team's, you know, full game or full season numbers, that 35% would be second in the league. 26% would be 30th in the league. So that's kind of the wow. context of those, those numbers. It, it, that's 30, how 35 when he's on? 35 when he's on, which ranks second, and 26 when he's off, which ranks 30th. So that's a big problem. You know, if you're if you're not getting pressure on Ryan Tannehill, he's going to carve you up. Even if he gets into those third and long situations, that's where he excels. And if you're not able to pressure him on third and long, then then good night. You know, he's, he's picking up first downs. Um, and that Tennessee defense can get pressure without blitzing like Pete was talking about. They have a great rush defense also, fourth and yards per rush. means they can put Cincinnati in a long third and longs and then get that pressure. Um, Tennessee is 11-1 and one this season when they don't commit three-plus turnovers. So all you got to do is protect the ball and you're going to advance in the playoffs here. And I think that game plan is much easier with Henry leading the way versus a beat-up defense now that he's back. Tennessee's had eight wins versus teams with winning records this year. That's the most all-time in one year. And Vrabel, I know Prince was probably going to cite this stat because everybody's been talking about it. Vrabel is 8-0 straight up and against the spread all time with at least eight days of rest between games. And so this guy knows how to prepare when he's had extra time. I know he didn't know his opponent here, but but uh, that's a big deal here. So getting only three and a half, I was hoping it, it popped down to three um, all week, and it hasn't. Uh, so since we're locked in at three and a half, I'm making Tennessee minus three and a half the best bet on my end as well. Yeah, uh, I, um, t- I'm i sort of with Pete here and like like – in the sense that I have now look, Pete, like this is about as good a setup for the Bengals as you could ask for in terms of Joe Burrow making trying to make a Super Bowl run because you know, like the Titans are a very good team. But if you if you can get into the AFC playoffs and host the Raiders, or you know, a Raiders team that we didn't think had really a lot of business being in the postseason, and then you can you know have a path set up where you your next game is on the road and you know, it's four hours from from home, and you should be a lot of Bengals fans in Nissan Stadium. And then you can also only have to play one of the Bills or Chiefs. That is a like that's a that's a, I mean, right? Isn't that about as good a setup as you can get in the AFC? I mean, you know, you know Belichick. You know, only one of Allen or Mahal. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like, but 
And so I like I want this Bengals thing to happen. I want the Bengals to make a run. My only argument, however, for the Bengals beating the Titans is basically pictures of Joe Burrow in crazy glasses at a press conference and like not wanting to question Joe Burrow in a big game. He's now 7-0, 3,000-plus passing yards, um, you know, uh, as well as 31 uh, passing touchdowns, zero interceptions in, quote-unquote, must-win games dating back to LSU. Um, at the same time, the Ogunjobi injury plus the other injuries on the interior of the defensive line plays right into what the Titans want to do. You know, I mean, they are a, a – a, it's not exotic smash mouth, although that team said that trademark, by the way. Uh, but you know, it's, it's going to be – if Derrick Henry is 75% of Derrick Henry – and Dante Foreman plays like he's been playing, it's going to be – the Bengals are going to be forced to throw the ball a ton trying to play catch-up. The Tennessee defensive line, very good. Now, I mean, certainly much better than it's been in years past. And it's just a problem. It's just a – it's it's as good as – even though it's a good path, it's, it's a bad matchup given the injuries that the Bengals have dealt with. I like the over a lot here. Um, and I, I really want to take ten, the Bengals, but um, I think Tennessee is probably the play. So uh, we can add – you know what? I'll just go Tennessee is the best bet, and we can add um, – put that in the parlay. Jeffrey Simmons could wreck this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he is an absolute animal. That's a mismatch on the inside with those guys. That's a big mismatch. That's and Burrow moves game. really well in the pocket, but, like, I, I mean, I do think there is something to the Vrabel stat. I don't, I don't know about the eight days rest or whatever, but, you know, he's never lost off the bye. He's never – you know, he's never failed to cover when he's at a bye. He's just a really good underrated coach, and – uh, he's going to have his guys What's that? Yeah, they're, rested. they're rested. Yeah, rested. They're, it's just one of those situations where they're rested and they're healthier than the Bengals are right now. And the Bengals, yeah. the, the, the reason I like the over is I think you'll see Joe Burrow throw the ball 60 times and they're going to get, you know, they're going to get loose on some of these Tennessee secondary, a little vulnerable. So, uh, but we can take Tennessee minus three and a half as uh, the first leg of our parlay. And we can move over to Saturday night game, the 49ers. At the Packers, Packers minus six with an over under of 47. Lots of key injuries here for the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo is dealing with a shoulder strain as well as his hand injury. I think we kind of expect him to play. Wouldn't be surprised at all if we see some Trey Lance packages, though. Um, and Nick Bosa in concussion protocol. Fred Warner suffered an ankle sprain against the uh, the Cowboys. Blanked there for a second. Um you can see it's plus six, minus 115. I think all three of those guys will end up playing. Pete, do you like the 49ers or the Packers here? I love the 49ers last week. I even said they would win that game outright, take them on the money line. That was one of my best picks. That's one of the only picks I had last week that was worth a damn. Um, I think they're a physical, tough matchup for Green Bay. But I think this is a bad spot for the 49ers. You mentioned the injuries. You know, Fred Warner, if he can't, be himself that's a big miss in the middle of that defense um i love the fact that they can they, they'll play run the football they'll control the clock i get it but the packers are getting guys back and i'm a big believer you block the 49ers you beat the 49ers mm. and the cowboys didn't block them last week you know the rams didn't block them two weeks ago they dominated that rams line they dominated the cowboys line last week the Packers got Bakhtiari back. That's enormous. Billy Turner back. That's enormous. They're going to be, and they've been solid on the deep offensive line, even though they haven't, you know, had their players. In fact, I voted for Stefanovic, the offensive line coach, as the assistant coach of the year. I think he's done a magnificent job. And so when you look at this, I think they're going to block them. 
And I think that secondary is vulnerable. I know the 49ers are going to move the ball on the ground because the Packers have trouble, troubles at times. But they're getting guys back on defense as well with Alexander and Smith. I think the Packers – I'm not picking them as a best bet, but I think the Packers will cover this number and move on to the championship game. Yeah, Green Bay had had a crucial week to get healthy here, um, you know, especially on the O-line. Like you said, Josh Myers, I think, is back too. Um, and, yeah, uh, Myers too, yeah. At uh, at center and um, the defensive, you know, they're getting Jair Alexander healthy. Preston Smith, I think, will be back. So it, it's a big deal there for the Packers. Um, and San Fran can control the clock with with the running game. But the thing is, even with these offensive line injuries, Green Bay has the the highest average time of possession on, on offensive drives with like three minutes and 15 seconds. So like Rodgers is just staying on the field and keeping opposing offenses off the field. So if you're able to do that and turn that into points, I think San Fran, you know, gets out of their game plan pretty quickly and they have to scramble and try to catch up and it could be a blowout so i'm, I'm not not gonna at six i'm not gonna put packers in as a best bet um you know green bay edged out san francisco in the first meeting that was a different san francisco rush attack trey sermon was the rb1 in that game debo had two carries for zero yards um and san fran actually fell behind 17 nothing in that game and showed tenacity battling back take a fourth quarter lead much different here with a quarterback in in two degree temperature, whatever it's going to be nursing those injuries. If, if, if they fall behind, I don't think he'll be able to come back in this one. So I would lean to the Packers here. Um, you know, I just think that they're playing too well have the better quarterback. They're at home. They have the better coach. I think after what we saw last week with Shanahan. Um, so if San Fran falls behind this time, I think green Bay runs away with it and covers with ease. So I would lean to the Packers, not going to play them. My best bet in this game is Eli Mitchell going under 75 and a half rushing yards. He had 96 yards last week, but San Fran played from ahead the entire game. And that's unlikely here. I think he had like 27 carries also his four games. Well, under this total of 75 and a half this year featured three losses. So if they're going to lose this game, you got to figure Good chance that he's going to be under this number two. And even though Green Bay's 30th in yards per rush allowed, they see the fourth fewest rushes because Rodgers controls the clock, like I said, with that average time of drive. So I just don't think the volume is going to be there for him to get get over this number, even if he has a decent day running the ball average-wise, because I don't think he's getting to that 20-carry level that he's been at the last several weeks. So that's going to be my best bet for this game, Mitchell going under his rushing total. I have the 49ers as the best bet, and I fully, fully acknowledge that – if the game script, excuse me, if the game script gets to where the, the if, if it gets to where RJ's describing, where the, the Packers are up double digits and the 49ers are forced to change their offense and throw the football a bunch, that it will be a big time problem uh for for the 49ers. I mean, if if Jimmy Garoppolo has to throw the ball 30 plus times in this game then it probably means that the Packers are, are blowing out the 49ers and that they blocked them and got downhill on them. The Joey Bosa thing and the Fred, Fred, Joey Bosa, and, I mean, Joey Bosa, oh, geez. Uh, Nick Bosa and Fred Warner are massive. I expect both to play, but I mean, if for some reason they didn't, that would drastically change my outlook on San Francisco here. But I do like the Niners getting six points. I think it will move back closer to five because of those, you know, the, once we find out that Bosa and, uh, and Warner are in, and then certainly, you know, if Garoppolo is out for any reason, this, this could take off past seven. Uh, just because Trey Lance, you know, rookie quarterback that Kyle Shanahan wasn't willing to play much in the regular season, um, suddenly starting his first career playoff game in uh, in Lambeau. I, I think we'll see some Trey Lance packages, though, just because you can run on the Packers. And I'm going to give the edge here to Kyle Shanahan over Matt LaFleur, as good as LaFleur has been, because Shanahan's taking care of business against him most of the time, uh, with the exception being this regular season. I like the 49ers. I think the 49ers are live to win the game, and I, I love them getting six uh, I'm obviously a 49ers honk, but yeah, you know, I mean, look, it's a, it's, I don't think it's a great matchup for green Bay, but it's also, 
you know, a tough spot for San Francisco as well, going in, going in there and, and having to play uh, in, in that weather against this talented of a football team in the Packers. All right. Next up. Rams at Buccaneers. The Buccaneers minus three. Have seen this get down to under two, like to two and a half in some spots. Over under 48 and a half. A revenge spot for Tom Brady, who always finds his way into revenge spots, Pete. I'm going to use this game a couple different ways. Um, yeah. You don't need the points here because I think the Rams are going to win the game. But I, I'm gonna, Yeah. And, and here's why I'm using it a couple different ways. I'm taking the Rams as one of my best bets. I think their defense will dominate the Bucs offensive line. And people will say, well, wow, that's a great offensive line. It wasn't last week. They were awful. And I'm not just talking about Josh Wells, who went in uh, for Wirfs. And by the way, when Wirfs came back into the game, he gave up a pressure. It was a sack, combo sack. He couldn't stand on his leg. And I, if even if he plays this week, it's going to be a problem. If Wells plays, it's a giant problem. But the interior is where the problems were. Look, Ali Marpet's a really good player. Ryan Jensen's a really good player. He played banged up a little bit last week. They were bad last week. Kappa was bad. And I think they're going to be able to pressure Tom Brady. And where does he go with the football? Mike Evans, maybe you put Jalen Ramsey on him a lot. And then where does he go? Gronk, you double him on the inside, then where does he go? I think there's a problem for Tom Brady in this game. And I think it's one of those games, I call them the ghost games, where he sees them and he starts seeing them and he sees more of them and then he starts getting hit. Uh, He's not going to look like Tom Brady. I think the Rams are that maybe that team that gets hot at the right time makes their little playoff run. Uh, I'm going to take the Rams in this one uh, to win the game. I'm taking them as a best bet, and I'm also taking them as part of a teaser. Uh, The reason I'm teasing them as part of it is because I thought they were the best teaser to get that number because I like the other team I'm teasing with as a teaser play more so than as a team I think will cover that number. So uh, I'm taking the Rams as a teaser play first half and also as as a best bet. What's your confidence level in teasing the Packers down and the Packers winning that game? Yeah, I would. That was one I considered as well. I, I, I considered that one as well. Six down to pick to pick them. Yeah, that's the only thing I because I was looking at that that the last game that we're going to talk about as a potential teaser leg, but I didn't want to do the six down to, to pick them. I'd rather just play them separately and then you know play money, money get a money line parlay something with with something. What else about, what about a, a Rams Bills Packers 10, t- 10, uh, 10 point teaser? I know you're going through zero with the Packers and that's frowned upon, but you get the Packers plus four. I wouldn't, but but you know, I just I don't like I don't like going through the number when you yeah nobody likes going through zero. I'm just saying you would get you would get the Packers on a key number on the other side and get Rams plus thirteen and Bills plus double digits. Yeah, I mean, maybe the Forty ers roll. I mean, that would be your only you know, or the Bucks just blast the Rams. I think either one of those would be surprising. Or the Josh Allen offense turns back into a pumpkin at the worst time. Um, for this game, I, I went Bucks minus three as a best bet. I'm on the opposite side of Pete. I understand what he's saying about the offensive line issues. I think the Rams offensive line could have some issues. Andrew Whitworth is hurt as well. And, um, you know, if you start getting pressure on Matt Stafford, I have a lot less confidence in him holding up against pressure than Tom Brady, who's seen this time and again. Um, the Rams offense started to run the ball more the last few weeks, but Tampa Bay's rush defense showed up against Philly. 
getting healthier. I think they're going to play well here. Stafford didn't have to do much in that win over Arizona, 17 pass attempts. Not going to be the case here um, unless, you know, Brady is under siege the whole game like Pete thinks, and the Bucks just aren't able to score points. Tampa in the first meeting had Cockrell and Delaney playing 80% of the defensive snaps at cornerback in that game. They're playing special teams now. They're, they're barely ever on the on the field for defensive snaps. Um, I think it's a big deal, especially if they get uh, Sean Murphy bunting back. He was able to practice um, limited fashion all week last week, didn't play. Um, if he if he ramps up and is able to play in this game, then that makes them a little more whole in the secondary. And that Rams offense, you know, Rams pass rush is a problem for the banged up Tampa Bay offensive line, like you said. But I think Brady, you know, I give him a better chance of handling that than most people. Um, and if you're going to talk about which quarterback is more likely to make a dumb game changing mistake, I think it's got to be Stafford throwing a pick on his side of the field. So I will. I want to play the two and a half. You know, I, I was hoping for this podcast it would be two and a half. By the time we recorded, I had been holding out hope. Or because it looked like you wanted to tip to two and a half before I put it in on sports line, but finally got to the point where I had to get it in. So I put it in at three plus 100. Uh, I like Tampa at at three plus 100, but ideally wait on that one. See if you can get two and a half. I would also lean to playing Stafford's over half interception at minus 135 and Mike Evans over 69 and a half receiving yards. I think he had a big day against that Rams defense in the first meeting, 16 receivers of top 70 yards against him. Um, you know, I don't think that that's, that's a huge number against this Rams defense. So I would go over on, on Evans as well. Yeah. And I mean, I think there'll be a uh, Evans's number will have baked into it. The notion that, you know, G he'll be dealing with Jalen Ramsey all day, but Ramsey hasn't been traveling. Um, so you well, would, he plays in a slot as much as anywhere, hmm. which is weird. Right. So, I mean, in other words, Evans is probably going to get – I mean, we'll see. I mean, clear, clearly these teams can make adjustments both defensively and offensively in terms of how they, they operate with Evans and Ramsey. But, I mean, there's going to be some chess piece – you know, some chess maneuvering there, one would think. Um, you know, Evans is if – I, If I was Raheem Morris, if I was Raheem Morris, I would put Ramsey on Mike Evans because he's a the big corners usually love matching up with the big receivers. They they hate the little shifty ones, and I would double Gronk, and then I tell him, "Go ahead and beat me wherever else you want to beat me." That's what I would do. Sure. Um, Where's he going? Where's he going if he does that? Running backs. It's a Gio Bernard twelve catch type of day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think if you get to that, you're that you're that's to your advantage. Yeah, I think the Rams would be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Leonard Fournette's back. Likely, he, said, I mean, he tweeted that he's back for this game too. I mean, that that's a that's a difference maker as well. I mean, I know it's you know it's Leonard Fournette to running back, but play. I mean, playoff Lenny was pretty huge for that Bucks team down the stretch last year. Right. Yeah, the, uh, again, Pete, I think if you're throwing to the backs, I think that's to your advantage. If you're the if you're the well, Pete, cons- considering the in- their injuries at receiver, what do you think about putting splitting Bernard out there as like kind of a, a tiny little slot receiver and just kind of making him a receiver for this game if Fournette is back? No, nah, I wouldn't do that. You don't want to do it? I'd get those other guys involved. I mean, Scotty Miller and guys got to – I mean, he's made some plays over his career. you got to get those guys involved. Johnson, mm-hmm. you got to get him involved. But, again, yeah. if they beat me, they beat me. If the running backs beat me, they beat me. But I'm going to take away Evans and I'm going to take away Brock, and then let's see what Brady does. Yeah, I mean, I think that's – and well, that's the thing is that the Rams are probably thinking the same thing. And the Bucs are probably thinking that the Rams are thinking the same thing. So, you know, it's, it's, that's, that's the chess match of it. I think the, the injuries here that are huge are, you know, we talked about the offensive line for Tampa. You know, Ryan Jensen, uh, you know, at center, he's, I mean, he came back and, and is just a nasty, tough dude. So you would think that he's going to play. Uh, and clearly, Tristan Worsh matters, especially with, you know, those two guys are so important because you have Von Miller and you have Aaron Donald. Right. And like that's if if you're a weekend at those spots, you're gonna get, you know, those are pressure points for Tom Brady. And if you know, 
Look, the gen, you know, the, the interior matchup. Is terrible. If, he's playing, if he's playing, that's a major problem for the Bucks. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the thing is, like, if you know, we've said for years, how do you beat Tom Brady? You get him off his spot, and you get him, uh, you know, get pressure up the middle. Like that's going to be the sort of the crux of this this you know this matchup. And I, I look, I, I've got the Rams as the best bet. I don't think anybody should be surprised by that. Definitely want to get the plus three if you can. I will. Uh, by the way, I think I took the Niners on the money line and on the spread last week. So I really should be four and one. Four point five and one. I'm not giving best bets for, so for money line. When I'm playing it that way either. I listed both yeah. as a best bet. That's a you how's that not a best bet? Yes, I did. You, you want I one did, unit on podcast. Do you want one unit on your best bet then? Because I mean the reason we don't play those money lines is because yeah, I'll take the Packers as a as a best bet here, you know, but they're minus two ten on the money line. Right. So I don't, I don't want to be I don't want to be paid out plus money. I just said they were gonna win outright. So did I. But you didn't list <laughs> it as a best bet. No, you're you're Nice try, Brenton. You're doing anything and everything to try and make yourself look better. You were garbage all season long. <laughs> uh, I got the Rams as a best bet as well. I mean, I'm tempted to just jump on that Rams-Bills teaser that Pete threw out. I kind of like that, getting those two teams over a touchdown. That's a pretty good one. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's a – look, wouldn't be surprised at all if the Buccaneers won the game. It's Tom Brady. It's the defending Super Bowl champions. They have a really good coaching staff. They have tons of offensive weapons despite all the injuries, and they've got players on defense. Like Levante David makes a huge difference when he's back. You know, they have guys that uh, you know they have they they have a, a defense that um, can you know can put it on you pretty quick. But I, I I just have this feeling about the Rams. I like this Rams team. I think Stafford. There you can- go. Here's a question for you: Five biggest stars in the game. I mean Brady won. In order. Obviously. In order. And do you want like football stars or like like famous stars? Football stars. Football okay. talent. Okay, Brady won. Or I guess I you could Aaron Donald won, probably. Right? He's better in his is he better? Well, Brady, we'll get Brady one. Let's okay, just yeah. say it. Yeah, I mean it's Donald two. It's, it's the social Ramsey, team clubs it. Uh Ramsey three. Ramsey three. Miller four. four. Who four? Cup four. Oh, cup, cup four. Yeah. Von Miller's been playing really well the last few weeks. So who's five? That's uh, that's what I mean. So are would you go Miller? Would you it's go either Miller? Or, it's either Miller, Stafford, or Gronk, right? Am I missing somebody? Am I missing? I mean, David. David would work. Worth if he's healthy. Whitworth. No, Worth is Worth is better than Whitworth. Worth if Worth is like he is with his ankle, he ain't. He ain't, he ain't. But the point is, is that you can make a case that. If you threw Stafford in there, you can make a case that four of the best five players in the game are Rams. If 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 the Bucks don't have time, I mean, this sounds kind of stupid, but if the Bucks don't have Tom Brady on this team, I think the Rams. I think it's like a pick them. I mean, it's just like, do you really want to bet against Tom Brady in the playoffs? Right. And I and yeah, I do. I, I do for some yeah, reason. I, yeah, I think the I think the Rams are. are Getting going at the right time. I, I agree completely. Cam Akers looked fantastic last week. I mean, that he's a difference maker. I know you can't run against his team. Uh, I, I think Stafford, you know, the, all the all the talk all week last week. Stafford, oh, the pressure that he's facing for the playoff game. I mean, he was perfectly like I don't. I didn't buy into the idea that Stafford deserves to be categorized with the like you know Y A Tittle and Andy Dalton. I mean, Tittle. First of all, Y A Tittle lost four championship games, I think, or one regular playoff game and like three championship games. Um, Stafford went to the playoffs with the Lions. The Lions are terrible. The Lions aren't supposed to be in the playoffs. And so I always thought it was a little bit different. Anyway, they won the game. I think they get another win here. Love the Rams plus three. I I, I think that they'll win as well. 
Um, next up, the crown jewel of CBS Sports postseason. Oh, you know what? Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the crown jewel of the CBS Sports postseason programming. Next. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Bills at the Chiefs. Chiefs minus two, over under 54 and a half. What a freaking just way. Oh, what? down to one and a half. Wow. What a freaking whale of a matchup this is, Pete. This is everything and anything that I love in football right here. The weather's supposed to be 45 and no conditions. It's fantastic. I love it. We're going to actually see football. No win games. Nothing deciding a game that shouldn't decide a game. We have two quarterbacks who are on fire, coming off enormous games. Both of them are stars. I love this. And look, the Bills have the number one defense in the league. People discount that. Number one, Leslie Frazier's done a great job with that defense. That defense in the offseason was retooled for this game. They won in the regular season there, and they retooled it for this game. The Chiefs played much better on offense last week than we've seen them in a long time. Defensively, though, leading into last week, now they had good they had a good game last week, but leading into that, they had some issues. I think the better defense is at Buffalo. And so for that reason, I'm going to take the Bills to win this game outright. I picked them to win the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm sticking with it. I think what we saw last week was Josh Allen at his best. He's a star now. And this game, I know there's some talk of, well, he has a bad game after a good game. That's not going to be the case here. And what does Steve Spagnola love to do? He loves to blitz. What does he love to do? He loves to play man coverage. And when you play man coverage and you blitz, you turn your back to this guy. And that's just dangerous as can be. I think he's going to run the ball. I think he's going to throw for a lot of yards. I think this is going to be a fun game. I love the over in this game. It's one of my best bets. I think it's going to soar over. And as far as the Bills, I'm going to take him as the second half of my teaser. I'm going to take him plus uh, the seven and a half. So it'll be uh, Rams plus the nine. 
Bills plus the seven and a half as the teaser, and I love the over in this game. Well, you get them at eight because we we put, sent the lines out at two, so you'll get you'll get them at eight. Um, so, why do you think the total's coming down then? Because you said you love the over, and, and it opened at fifty five, or it was at fifty five for a while. Now it's down to fifty three and a half. Oh, so, what do you, what do you what do you think people are seeing to make that total drop? I don't know. I don't understand it. Uh, the, uh, this one I don't understand. The weather's great. I mean, look, it was supposed to be the other day. I looked, it was forty five, right? Forty five and sunny. Right. Maybe it's so people like come. Coming to their senses with the Buffalo defense being as good as you say they are, um, maybe it's some of you know apprehension with Josh Allen having another good game because uh, what you said about the Chiefs defense being mediocre on stretch and then putting together an awesome game last week, I think that kind of applies to the Buffalo offense as well. Um, Josh Allen had some struggle struggle games in there. They got it done. They ended up covering some games that that they really didn't deserve to cover because he was not playing well in those games. Um, but they and then they came out and they looked awesome, as good as you possibly can against New England. And I think that. I'm looking that awesome might be baked into this line a little too much. I think this line probably should be three. I'm making the Chiefs the best bet at minus two. Um, I the Buffalo did dominate that first game against Kansas City. I don't think they're they're likely to go plus turn four and turnover rate again. I think Mahomes does a better job in this game, and I don't think Buffalo can generate as many turnovers. This is the worst matchup for not having Tredavious White. They survived without him in the second half of the season, but this kind of feels like the Bucks matchup where they allowed 488 yards in that game. They were getting their butts kicked, and they, they engineered a comeback, sent into overtime, ended up losing, but you know made it competitive at the end. Um, so if the the Chiefs offense is having that type of day, that Buffalo offense needs to be at its peak level as it was last week. Um, so I just think there's a little more leeway for them not, that not to happen. Kansas City defense, um, they did struggle down the stretch, but they've been awesome at home. In, in home games since the Ingram edition, gave up seven against Green Bay. That's the Jordan Love game. Throw that out. That doesn't really count. Nine against Dallas, nine against the Raiders, 10 against the Steelers. Cheap 21 last week where they gave up seven on that fumble recovery, which which whatever, and then 14 in the very end of the game when they give them like no yards for – for and I know it's Pittsburgh, but they give them no yards for the whole game, and then they gave up like three 70-yard drives at the end of the game when it didn't matter. Um, so those are some like limited offenses. I know you can talk about Vegas and Pittsburgh, whatever, but they did it to Dallas. I think they might be able to do it here. This game might be a little bit lower scoring than people think, and I just think the Chiefs are the better team. So I'll take them at home here at minus two. I'm trying to just trying to think through the logic on the under or the total coming down. I mean, this is a this is a rematch, right? I mean, you know, you've got the Bills, the Chiefs. You know, the Bills are susceptible to the run. Maybe the Chiefs try and run. I think we expect to see Clyde over Hilaire here. Uh, you know, maybe the the Bills try and do some sort of you know the the cover shell thing that's that's that thwarted Mahomes for a little bit, and and then you know, I'm just trying to think like how this sort of turns into a slower game. Maybe the bet is a, is a live bet on the over. I know we can't do that for the podcast purposes, but let's say the game starts off a little bit slower, you know, like we saw with Pittsburgh and KC, um, or even really with, I guess, well, I guess New, the Bills came out scorching um, against New England. Well, in the first meeting, it was 10, there were 10 points scored in the first quarter and they ended up with 58. Yeah, that's so, what I'm saying. I mean, so like, just be thinking about that as a possibility if you're, if you're, if you're going to be live betting. Why, um, why am I seeing... Why do people think that Josh Allen is going to turn into a pumpkin? Because he's been inconsistent all year. I mean, he had his best game last last week, but but um, it just he hasn't looked like an MVP level quarterback this year. You know, he he looked like it last year. 
and uh, he just hasn't been as good this year. Um, the de- it's been made up for in that Buffalo, um, you know, uh, team because that defense is playing so well, and the rushing attack has come on the last several weeks too, and that's kind of helped, uh, I think, um, hide that a little bit. But I just don't think he's at the level of of the top quarterbacks, you know, the Mahomes, Rogers, Brady type um, this year. He ha- he certainly could be there at his best, like he was last week. He is at that level, um, but he just hasn't consistently been there this year. You know, it's amazing, though, RJ, you say that and then you compare all his data and it's almost identical to last year. Right. I mean, he played a very easy schedule this year, too. 37 to 36. Um, you know, his completion percentage went down this year by six points, which is significant. You're right in that area. But, uh, I mean, everything else is yards close. I mean, it's just every, yards per attempt is down a little bit. But I, I think it's – it wasn't nearly – you're right. He had some games where he really struggled, and they struggled as an offense. But but I think this is a better season than he gets credit for, I think. It was a good season. I'm, I'm not saying he was bad by any means. I just – he wasn't MVP level, and that that's what, what what emerged last year. And that's what people saw going forward. There's a perennial MVP candidate going forward, and he's just not – hasn't been in the conversation all year because he's had those games. Yeah, like he was bad against Atlanta a couple weeks ago. That was terrible. Right. He was terrible. Like three picks, terrible. Yeah, but in those in the two games leading into that, he in the two games leading into that, he threw six touchdown passes, one pick, and mm. and you know he was good against Carolina and New England in those two games. So, and he and it wasn't awful against Tampa when they lost to them. I mean, he threw three hundred eight, two and one. Remember, they almost brought him back in the second half. Yeah, and, and most of that came late. Yeah, right. but there they were, were some bad games and weird team like Atlanta, weird game. Jacksonville, like you mentioned, bad game. Um, where else? He had a couple other bad ones. Houston, he only threw for two forty eight and two. I mean, he just yeah, you're right. There was the opening game was the worst game, mm-hmm. and they lost to the Steelers. It was terrible that day. The um, Patrick Mahomes is pretty good in the playoffs at home. <laughs> he's he's got one interception. And wasn't a pick against uh, – was the pick last week? It was the only one – the only interception he's ever thrown in the playoffs at home is last week against the Steelers. Wasn't that kind of fluky or am I thinking wrong? That throw? Oh, I don't remember. Which one? The one last week? Yeah. The one, the one, wait, that was uh, off somebody's hands, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 that's what I'm saying. Like it wasn't like a Mahomes made a bad decision. He's just really good at home in, in the playoffs. I mean, I do sort of wonder if not, not that the, like the moment is too, I don't think the moment's too big for Josh Allen or anything like that. I mean, he had a monster game last week, but um, you know, he has had like his playoff numbers are not, not, I mean, they're, they're good, but they're not like, I, I don't know. I, I just sort of wonder if there's a chance that the Casey defense does show up here. I I've been, I've been flipping and flopping back and forth on this game all week. I think I'm going to end up taking the chiefs and maybe changing my pick. And I may, uh, you know, for the, for the sake of the podcast, I think I will make the actually, you know what? I'll just make the over a best bet, 53 and a half. Cause I, I'm not sure which side I like. I think Josh I'm gonna Allen's end up fighting 10, with the Chiefs. I know he had five last week, but he's got 10 and one in the postseason. It's not like he's been a disaster in the postseason. No, no, no. He hadn't been bad. Over Bill's Chiefs for me. I think it gets there. He's See, here's why I think the over is a good play here, because it's it's not totally out of the question that somebody gets up 10 nothing. Oh, if somebody gets a double-digit lead, it's on like Donkey Kong for point score. Right. Because all of a sudden so. your game script gets cranked up to pass right. heavy. Both secondaries right. are banged up. The, the safeties are really good for Buffalo. And and the, obviously the Chiefs have you know some decent players in the back end too. But like if these offenses start throwing downfield 
and getting into like a back and forth. You know, I think again, that's why if you if you see the double digit lead for one of these teams, and and neither team's rushing attack is like that great. Although Singletary's been very good and Clyde Edwards Lair, you know, the Chiefs have several guys. I would say if you see a double digit lead or we get low low scores early on in early in that game, I think live over is probably a very good look. Um nobody hit on the divisional round props last week. Most rushing yards was Elijah Mitchell with 96. Didn't have a single 100-yard rusher in the wildcard weekend. Patrick Mahomes, 404 passing yards. The Bills were the highest-scoring team. I thought Pete said the Bills were a good bet. Somebody said the Bills were a good bet. Maybe. And the Cardinals were the lowest-scoring team. I thought we talked about them, too, but whatever. Um, this week, most passing yards. Tom Brady, 4-1. to one. Patrick Mahomes, plus 450. Stafford, plus 475. Aaron Rodgers, 5-1. to one. Josh, oh, uh, and Joe Burrow, five to one. Josh Allen, six to one. Jimmy G, 11 to one. Ryan Tannehill, 12 to one. Anything you like on that list, Pete? I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers at five to one. Mm. Yeah, I, I, again, I go back to my theory on that game. You block him, you beat him, you get big plays down the field. I'm going to take Rodgers. Just a hunch. Okay. RJ. Yeah, I like the um, odds too. Yeah, I, I think Ryan Tannehill doesn't deserve to be this far down the list considering the injuries on the Cincy defensive side. I mean, he's he's the last place, and uh, he's with Jimmy G, who's banged up. I don't think Jimmy G's throwing for more than, than Ryan Tannehill. And I think Ryan Long Tannehill is Jimmy G. I mean, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and the next closest are, are half the odds of Ryan Tannehill. So I think he deserves to be closer to that mix. I think your best value is him and just them having – they don't want to lean on Derrick Henry as much coming back from the injury, and he just puts up a 300-plus yard day against a banged-up defense. So I would go that that route. Yeah, I would say Tannehill is good value as well at 12-1, to especially with, you know, Cincinnati – like Cincinnati's just not going like, to curl up and die and go – you know, just go away completely. I mean, Joe Burrow, they'll let Joe Burrow chunk it around and, and you know, doesn't – I mean, you're not, you know, ten, the Bengals will get some points in this game. So you might get Tannehill coming back, you know, having to play in a shootout as well. 12 to 1 is kind of crazy for it for a game with a, I believe, a total of, what was it? Yeah, 47 and a half. So I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's not the highest total, of course. Um, I would say Josh Allen has some, some value there as well at six to one. You know, he, I mean, yeah, I, I was between Rodgers and Allen for me. I mean, Allen is in a game with a 53 and a half, the highest total on the board. And, you know, you're getting a little more value than, than what you're getting from a Holmes. Obviously, with Allen, you know, some of that the yardage equity could come via his legs. So you might not be quite as, um, you know, you, you might not get quite as many throws. But they got tons of weapons, too. And if it's a shootout, Allen will be tossing the ball around. Uh, next up, the highest scoring team. Or are we going rush yards? Sorry. Yep, we're going rush yards. Derrick Henry. Four and a half to one for most rush yards. Crazy. Elijah Mitchell, four and a half to one. Devin Singletary, six and a half to one. Joe Mixon, nine to one. Aaron Jones, 13 to one. Cam Akers, 14 to one. And let's see. Uh, some more. Sonny Michelle, 14 to one, et cetera, et cetera. Ooh. AJ Dillon, 16 to one. Josh Allen, 20 to one. I would say. And Leonard Fournette, 25 to one. Wow. Some of these are kind of juicy, man. What do you think, Pete? I would take a shot on Fournette at 25 to one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I still think the Rams are a little defensive. If you want to get physical with them at times, I think you can push them around. Um, so if you're, but that's not who Bruce Arians is. Right. Even even so, I, I, at twenty five to one, that's worth a flyer on Fournette. 
And that's how you protect Brady. And if you're worried about that pass rush, you run the ball and you make them have to play the run, you know, all 60 minutes of that game. So I agree at those numbers, I would go for net as well. Allen was 25 to one, I guess little actions coming in on him. I was going to pump him up as a candidate 25 to one, but I think if you can get four net and he's active for that game, I'd probably go 25 to one as well. I just think a, a big rushing day from Josh Allen too. His uh, over under rushing total is 53 and a half. And I would play the over on that. I think he gets to the 60 to 70 range. And if not a lot of running backs are having a, a you know, huge, rushing attack games then maybe that's enough to win it i also think it's worth establishing dante foreman right now at 30 to 1 because we don't know that derrick henry is playing and if derrick henry doesn't play like the big the, the titans can beat the Bengals without derrick henry you know he's just an added bonus for them and they foreman, run without they ran like rj said earlier they've run without him that's what i'm saying and for look what if, henry, what if they're like henry can't go he wants to go but he's got a steel plate in his foot and his legs look like toothpicks um, so and they're like, all right, so Dante Foreman's going to be our starter and he's going to get 30 carries against a banged up Bengals defensive line. 30 to one is good value there. Um, I would, I don't, Clyde Edwards, a Larry 40 to one. I mean, I don't mind a little flyer on that if he, you know, if he's going to play. And then I think AJ Dillon 16 to one isn't a terrible bet either. It, you know, if, if we assume that the Packers are capable of getting up on the 49ers, I think Dillon's the guy who's going to close the game out for him. And if he pops one or two off all of a sudden, you know, 16 to one is not bad value. So which one you with? Keep saying he has, why do you keep saying he has toothpick legs? He could still do his weightlifting. Yeah, just they look smaller. Maybe they're always like that. I don't know. Uh, I will go with I'll go with Dante Foreman. I think if the Titans have a double digit lead in the second half, it might not be Derrick Henry who they're leaning on. So I'll take Foreman at thirty to one. I think there's a lot of uh, I think there's a lot of uh, outs there. Most receiving yards in divisional round down at the bottom there, Debo. Travis Kelsey, four plus four twenty-five. Mike Evans plus four fifty. Devontae Adams is eight to one. I mean, I'm, okay. Cooper Cups, eight and a half to one. All right. Jamar Chase, eight and a half to one. Tyree Kill, thirteen. What is happening here? What Tyree Kill's thirteen to one. Stephon Diggs, fifteen to one. Debo Samuel, eighteen to one. AJ Brown, twenty to one. Ayuk and Dawson Knox, twenty-five to one. Uh, I mean I'll take Tyree Kill at thirteen to one. It's I, that's a weird one. I'll take A.J. Brown at, at 20 to 1 because I think Daniel could have a good passing deal, like I said, and he has time to throw. Um, A.J. Brown, so, so dangerous. 20 to 1 seems like he should be closer to, to some of these other leaders than the Hill Diggs range. So I think 20 to 1 is solid value. Yeah. I mean, I'll take. I'll take Hill at 13 to one, I think too. I mean, it's just double digits, double digits for Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs. Yeah. Double digits. A.J. Brown is crazy. It really is. I mean, I would just sprinkle on all three of those. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, uh, just for the sake of being different, I'll take uh, Stefan Diggs at 15 to 1. So Diggs, Hill, and A.J. Brown, I think we all agree those are really good values. And Absolutely. I mean, nothing wrong with sprinkling on all Heck, three of those. Right. Devontae Adams at 8 to 1 isn't bad value. Neither is Cooper Cup at 8.5 to 1. Yeah, I agree completely. Adams at 8 to 1 is wild. Um, all right, let's go to highest scoring team. The Kansas City Chiefs check in at three and a half to one. The Bills plus three seventy five. Packers four to one. Bucks five to one. Titans six and a half to one. Rams nine to one. Oh, the Bengals being disrespected here. What are they? What are they deep? I can't see them. So you can scroll down a little bit. Oh, there we go. Uh, Bengals twelve to one and Niners fourteen to one. Pete, I'm going a little chalky. Team? I'm going to take. I'm going to take the Bills. I'm going a little chalky. I'll take that. I mean, nothing wrong with taking the team in the with the fifty three and a half total. 
Yeah, I'll take the Bills. It's interesting because they're, they're they're about even with the Chiefs as the top two teams. So I think the value is finding somewhere else to go. Um, I'm going to stick with my pattern of taking Titans, thinking that they're better they're better than people give them credit for. Off a week off, um, they could have put put up a big point total in that game. So six and a half to one, I think, is the way you want to go here for me. Yeah, um, I would. You know, the Rams are enticing at nine to one, but Sean McVay is more than willing to kick some field goals. Uh, you know, for like kick short field goals. So I don't, I don't know if I want to do that. I think the Titans are very good value too. I'm going to say the Bengals. And just because I, th- I think they can win the game. It's three and a half points spread. I mean, I know we, we all think Tennessee's going to win, but Bengals at 12 to one. I mean, they can, they can lob up some points pretty quickly. I, I agree with you that the Titans are good value, but I'll, I'll take the Bengals in this spot uh, for, for, the, uh, for, for the purposes of the podcast. The lowest scoring team. I would assume the Niners, yep, plus 260 for the Niners. Sheesh. Bengals plus 375. Rams plus 425. Titans six and a half to one. Bucks eight and a half to one. Packers nine to one. Bills and Chiefs both 11 to one, Pete. I'll take I'll take uh, the odds and take the Bucks. Ooh, that's I think the Bucks is a good one. Eight and a half to one. You got yes. three elite, you got three elite defensive players on the other side and banged up Bucks pass, you know, receivers and in, in, in offensive line. Sure. Figured you had to go that way with how you talked about that game earlier. And I think if you're right on that game, that's a great call there. It's a great value. Um, I, I'm probably edging to the side of taking the Rams at plus 425. I think Stafford could have a, a struggle game on that side, and that game will be lower scoring than anyone expects. So I'll kind of just be on the other side of you on that one and and go with 425 because I don't want to play the other two teams that are above them at those odds. I will take the the Buccaneers too. Eight and a half to one. My Rams. Hashtag my Rams. All right. RJ, do you have any futures for the people out there? No, the thing I would look at is um, you can bet the the Super Bowl right now, just AFC team versus NFC team. And what's interesting to me is that the NFC team is favored. I think that kind of depends on the Packers getting there, I would say, because if the Bills or the Chiefs are in that game, I think they're just as good as about anyone. So if you can lay the money line on plus 100 on AFC team, I think you do that. And I think at worst case, that's probably about what it is when when you're playing the Packers. Because if the Bills make it, I mean, they, they stormed through the Chiefs and then they won, you know, the the um, AFC championship and everybody's going to love them. If the Chiefs do it, it's like, oh, here we go again with Patrick Mahomes. So either one of those teams getting there, they're going to be the hot team. So as long as it's not the Titans sneaking through, then then you're I think you're, you're kind of um, screwed there. So um, if you believe in the Titans, bet on them to to win the AFC and then go to the Super Bowl. If you don't, I think to play in the AFC team plus 100 is the way to go. That's a good look because the Chiefs or the Bills are going to be – I'm trying to think what the – I mean, the Chiefs or the Bills are probably minus three versus the Packers, right? Maybe minus two, pick them. Uh, Either it, way, you're, I mean, you're, you just basically just have a bet on the Bills or the Chiefs then. Right. I would think pick them at, at best because this line's telling you they think the Packers are going to get there because, I mean, they're they're easy favorites against the other teams. So yeah. um, either one of those. So I think this one's really representing the Packers getting there. And uh, if the Packers get upset again, like to keep doing in the playoffs these last few years, um, then you just have a great value and you can play it back on the the AFC team, the NFC team plus whatever when once you get to the Super Bowl. And then you got yourself a window to to you know, to be, to guarantee some kind of profit on that. That's a good call. Uh, so would you do, did you take the minus one or do the minus 120? No, we're, t- we're talking AFC team here. I'd go plus 100 on the money line. Oh my God, I read that wrong. Oh, the AFC team is plus. Oh, holy Moses. Right. So you take the plus one or the plus 100? The plus 100. Okay, cool. All right, I like that too. 
Um, that's yeah, that's a really good call. I'm gonna see if my my local has that set up. Might take a little dabble. RJ always thinking ahead, two or three steps ahead of the book. Uh, Pete, how much have you paid your local? How much have you paid your local this year? Uh, probably about break even <laughs> football season. I beat him up pretty bad in golf, but not great in football. Um, the professional football championship odds, Pete. Anything entice you? Packers plus three seventy five, Chiefs plus four to one, Bills five to one, Bucks five and a half to one, Rams seven and a half to one, Titans eight and a half to one, Forty Nine ers eleven to one, and the Bengals fifteen to one. I, I picked the Bills, so I I, I take them at five seventy five. Five is five to one for the Bills. That's I mean that's yeah, it's not terrible value. I mean God, you're probably I mean the Bills are probably five to one. I mean maybe like eight to one or something like that at one point during the season anyway, right, RJ? I mean the other thing is that you look at value. RJ keeps talking about the Titans. You're talking about they win two home games and they're in the Super Bowl. I mean, look, what are they eight to one? Is that what it is? Eight and a half to one. Yeah, I think the play with the Titans yeah. is to take them the uh, the conference winner to win the AFC because that, like you said, winning two home games. So if you think they're winning this week anyway, they're going to have a tough matchup. They'll probably be the underdogs against either of those teams next week. But mm-hmm. they can't be massive underdogs. You know, they can't be like three. You know, <laughs> it'll probably be one at worst. So I mean, if you're play, if you want to play them at plus three twenty and have at least a little bit in the in the futures market over the next couple of weeks, I think that's fine playing the Titans, knowing that they're going to be at home the, the next two games. So I mean, absolute worst case. So let's say the Titans are Titans are minus one eighty right now, and absolute worst case they are what plus one ten at home if, if if they beat the Bengals at home against either the Bills or Chiefs, plus one twenty five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was actually looking at the numbers. I, I was putting numbers in the money line parlay calculator, and I think I came out with expecting them to be like three three and a half point dogs in the in the. In the Super Bowl, basically, I gave them what the Bengals' money line is this week, the plus 155 this week, the minus 180 on the Titans' money line this week, and then you figure out what that middle number is. And it's got to be a decent amount up for them to be under, underdogs at home against the Chiefs or Bills um, that that you're not getting value in, in betting them on the Super Bowl. So I do think betting them on the Super Bowl is a pretty fine value considering what I think the money lines are going to be the next three weeks if they make it all the way through. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at the yeah the money line thing. They would be to get what? What are the uh, uh, the AFC odds are three plus three twenty? I mean, I think even if they were plus, so I, I plugged in the Rams money line, which is plus one twenty five, as is three point dogs with the minus one twenty juice, and then the Titans current money line. So you, you know that's total worst case, and that comes out to plus two fifty. Mm-hmm. So three plus three twenty is pretty good odds for the for the for the Titans in. Yeah, you're expecting them to, to be, you know, true odds, what, four then against at home against the Chiefs or Bills. And I just yeah. think that's not giving this team any respect at all. Yep. It's a good football team and they can and they can get downhill on you and, and rush the passer. So I, I agree with that. That's not a bad bet. Um, even with skinny legs. Even <laughs> skinny little legs. I don't know what I'm doing. All right. That's it for the show. You keep going all in on that and you're not right about it. Stop it. His legs just look small to me. He's, he's going to come kick your butt someday. I hope you don't. I love Derrick Henry. Uh, all right, that's it for the show. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Smash the like button. Leave your best bet in the comments. If you are watching on YouTube, subscribe, rate, and review. For Pete and RJ, I'm Brinson. We will see you guys later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.